want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of introducing my Soul Cycle instructor, my fitness witness and good friend by way of Greenville, South Carolina, somehow got transported to El Segundo and now is serving as the Madonna entering your living room over the podcast. Get ready for Sumner Lee Hanna. Thank you for coming on the show. Holy moly, what an intro. How's that? Holy moly. That's a good intro, right? That's that was a lot. That's a lot. Okay, so so you know you and I have known each other now for like seven years. I used to go to bike ten. And every time you did a class, I was in the class. So I came up to you and I said, look, if I had a playlist, you would it's the same as what you would make. If you want to do this type of BPMs, like that's what I want to yep. do. So I basically changed my fitness regimen and my routine and my time to when you were uh teaching. And thankfully you came back and, and we've reconnected. Um, and it's an important part of my life. And I think a lot of people that do boutique fitness and have an affinity with a brand, it's usually with a person and an instructor they follow, and then they like the rest of the brand and what that brings. So why don't you just give your quick background, and then I want to just talk with you about the psychology of the new normal and how you think things are going to kind of play yeah, out. Yeah, I love it. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm blushing. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and I love having you in class. Um, uh, my background, you want me to just kind of take you through my journey of... Yeah, okay. yeah, I think okay. it's important. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of brought me to where I am, so I think it's important to know my journey. Um, as you did, I grew up playing soccer at a very young age. Um, I also danced professionally at a really young age. I was in a few different dance companies that traveled all over the U S. So I was dancing with very well-known choreographers and teachers and came out to LA during the summers and trained for national titles. So I was very active dancing, uh, my whole life. Um, at 18, I moved to LA, went to the FITM, the fashion Institute of design and merchandising worked in that industry for a handful of years and then fell back into professional dancing. I knew at that age that if I wanted to dance, that was probably the right time to, to get back into it and was also teaching fitness mm-hmm. as a side gig at the same time to get um, extra money. In what modality? Uh, I was teaching cardio bar, which is basically a ballet workout on track. Oh. <laughs> so you're all on a ballet. Yeah, yeah. No, we invested in extend okay. bar. Yeah. Super yeah. similar. Yeah, well, I'm familiar with cardio. Um, and then I taught JJ Dancer, which is like a dance cardio workout. Um, oh my God, I know JJ no, Dancer. No, you don't. Yeah, I saw, yeah, in Beijing. Yeah. yeah. I used to yeah, teach at the Space out. Cycle. Opening. Yeah. <laughs> That's a small world. Oh my God. He's great. And then, small yeah. world. We never talked about that. Also, I didn't know you played soccer until now. So, where we are. You on know, the learn something um, new. It's good stuff. 
So let's talk about, did, did SoulCycle find you or did you find that? I actually, my best friend took me into a class. I don't even know what year it was, but I took Sonny's class in Santa Monica and then kind of fell in love with it. You know, obviously in kind of moving out into the dance world, SoulCycle still gave me that like performing aspect um, of teaching class. So right. I fell in love with it, started taking class. And one of the instructors said, Hey, I think you should audition. You're a perfect fit. The rest is history. Here I am, seven and a half years later, still teaching Soul Cycle. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, obviously when you started, there used to be a, a small number of studios, you know, whether it's Soul Cycle or just any other, you know, cult following. Um, you know, the classes were, were probably waitlisted. You know, you're probably coming in saying, like, hey, I'm doing like a, the equivalent of, you know, a Broadway performance, basically. And oh. I'm, preparing for it as if it's, you know, live entertainment. Right. right? Um, and now obviously you've had all this time off, you've got other interests, you got other ways to, to generate relationships and, and, and money. Um, and then, so how is kind of, how is like the boutique centers, how have the locations kind of changed what they represent for you? Or to me, it's like, it's kind of soul cycles, like Madison square garden. And like, you're like the artist. Yeah. And I and it used to be Soul Cycle kind of comes with the artist. So do you think like there's a way to rebundle this, or do you think like we're in like this new normal of almost like Uber drivers? You know, like we're like all professional Uber drivers. We're going to do whatever we want in fitness and let it kind of lead our path. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, you you mentioned uh, having a small number of studios in the very beginning, and I think it grew at a very fast pace when our leadership changed. So the original founders um, handed it over and someone else came in. Her name was Melanie and she opened way too many studios. We became a Starbucks, you know, we we're on every corner <laughs> and um, you know, mm -hmm. we we're at the high of the height though. So all the studios were doing well class. Like you said, classes were sold out. It was awesome. And then the pandemic hit, you know, and I just feel like we haven't really bounced back. I feel like people found their other workouts. They, ev they either can motivate themselves to do the at-home workouts um, or they have found other group workouts that they now like better. Right. You know, you think that people would cycle to other workouts and other people would cycle to, you know, not like a, uh, somewhat of like a pun, but they would cycle back through as well. Um, you know, but there's obviously been a lot of choices that people have made, whether it's they bought a soul cycle or Peloton bike, or they've got some other connected fitness unit and maybe there's, Hey, I, like, I mean, I, I invested this much, like I might as well try and get a little more out of it. But, but when you talk to clients that you have on the personal training side, or you talk to people that haven't come back, you know, what's, what's the main excuse or what's like, you know, besides saying, Hey, I found something else to do. Is it, do you think people are lazier? Do you think they're like, they need an incentive? They think they're getting the same type of workout that they're getting at home, which I don't think they ever can. True, I agree with that. Um, I think that the spin bike became really big, you know, when everything shut down. So COVID hit, there was Peloton, there was a soul cycle at home bike. I feel like people have been spinning and cycling. That's the only workout that they've been doing really, if they bought a piece of equipment. So I think that they are trying to do anything besides that. They're ready for something else. Interesting. Ready. So you think we oversaturated the spinning as like a exercise and, and it's got to have time. I think so. And think out. about before that, you know, That's like soul cycle was really hot and trendy for like 15 years. So I feel like 
you know, they cycled for 10, 15 years and then only cycled for two years in their house, in their house. They're now like, okay, kind of sick of being on a bike. What else can I do? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, as you look at other boutiques that you've either worked for, you know, you've done some work with Climber. Um, do you think that there's a clear future of hybridization, if you will, like we're going to have all of our instructors and you can do a workout at home and you can do a workout in the club. And does, do the owners and managers of these studios at large, not soul cycle, but like, do you think that they're like conditioned to be saying, you know, wherever you are, I am when you, you know, run a bricks and mortar location for a long time. It's hard to say like, now I'm like a, a digital guru and I don't have the staff to like create. I don't have like a data scientist. I don't have like a web person. I don't have a CIO. I don't have a coders, mm-hmm. you know, do you think that it's almost like patchwork or do you think that they'll figure it out and, it'll, and they'll, they'll win or they'll just be like digital apps and they'll be bricks and mortar. You know, I thought, if you have a crystal yeah, ball. Yeah, I thought like once COVID yeah. hit, I was like, oh, I feel like brick and mortars are kind of done. I feel like I felt like digital was the future of fitness, to be honest. Um, I yeah. then came on with Climber, which is, you know, a vertical climber, and they were just doing digital work. Um, they now have since opened a live studio in Denver and in Los in, in West Hollywood. But, you know, now that we're two years after the pandemic hit, I kind of feel like people are craving the energy to be back in a room working out with people um, instead of digital, instead of a digital platform. So I think that for some people it's still, it's, it's still stuck, you know, with the digital platform since they've mm-hmm. done it, since they've been at home. But I think the majority are, are craving that energy and environment and community again. Gotcha. All right, let's role play for a second here. So I'm opening up this badass health club. It's going to be in Hermosa Beach. This is all fictitious, by the way. <laughs> okay. And I'm trying to recruit you and five other, you know, top instructors from the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. Give us a sense of what matters to you. Like, what what do you think of as, like, the top five or whatever? How many, you know, what? why would you come? Is it, is it you, you could go through yeah. a list. I mean, first of all, I think the instructors are the real MVP, right? So I think you should treat them as such. And if you want them to only be working for you, then you need to pay them as they're only working for you. You know, this isn't a side gig. This is a career. Um, So it needs to be treated as such. So paying me uh, benefits, um, paid vacation, a 401k, maternity leave, you know, like there's got to be career growth or else like the instructor feels stagnant and then bounces. Yeah. Why do you think – do you think a health club, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't belong to an Equinox, but obviously they have a very strong group exercise, you know, program at the same time, they've also got soul cycles as, as a separate company. Um, do you feel like people, like people are going to your class, whereas if they're going to Orange Theory, they're going based on the time, you know, if I was to recruit you and five of, uh, you know, instructors to my Hermosa beach, you know, Moore's health club, how much do I have to be concerned about, is this, is it your club? Is it my club? Do you work for me? Are you like a celebrity that happens to be using me as an arena? Is, is there any kind of psychological new normal that, that people need to think about? Maybe it's treating them the way you're talking about, that this is a career, not just like, oh, I pay $50 or $100 or $200 to my spin instructor for this sold out class that people go, right. I don't know, I'm rambling, but I just want to understand, do you guys, 
obviously it's an employer employee relationship, but at the same time, it's, it's different because you're, you know, a celebrity and you're, you're, you're part of the poll. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sorry. What was the question? <laughs> I don't really know what the question was. I guess, I guess are we, even though I'm hiring you and, and this team of instructors, do we have, is it maybe not an employer employee relationship? Are we almost like in a joint venture or a partnership or how do you think about who you'd be working for? I mean, I still think of it as an employee employer kind of relationship, you know, okay. like I come in and, you know, I'm still an employee, you know, so I, I still respect the people in that way, shape or form. I don't, I don't have personally, you know, I don't think that I'm better than any other instructor. So I don't have that kind of mentality of like, I deserve these time slots. You don't, you know, I feel like that's, you know, you got to stay humble, got to stay grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So what's happened a lot over the years is that, um, in these middle market health clubs called like a, a gold's gym or a 24 hour, uh, or, or neighborhood club where an instructor will basically be to have their 100 or 200 members. And then they kind of say, Hey, look, if you don't pay me more, if you don't allow me to do what I want to do or give me these times, like I'm leaving and I'm basically taking my 200 members with me. I feel like given Instagram and, and connectivity and zoom, you know, even though you agree that it's an employer employee relationship, do I own the member? Do you own the member? Do we all own the member? If the member gets results, who gives a shit yeah. because they're going to tell everyone yeah. that it was either you or yeah. us that, that got that. So how do you, how do you think about everyone says like every software company I talk to, they say, I own the data. Well, five companies can't own the data right. in the relationship. Uh, yeah. you know? So how do you think? about? I mean, I, I feel like the, in, the instructor brings in, as you know, the clientele, you know, so everyone, yeah. everyone is attracted to the instructor or the coach or whatever. Um, sure. The company is an umbrella and a branch of that, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's very instructor driven. Um, so I feel like, yeah, if the instructor is like, Hey, I feel like I'm worth more and, and you can't pay me that, then I'm going to go elsewhere. Those, those clients are going to follow the instructor. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do fitness instructors at, at the highest level, do they have business managers that have agents? Are they looking to, you know, to, how, do, how do they make decisions or how do you make decisions? Um, so we, we do have a manager, a talent manager within SoulCycle. So they kind of manage us okay. and, you know, the classes, the class times, all, you know, everything that we do, even if we want another role within SoulCycle. Um, I was part of the training, like the new training groups. So I would, you know, evaluate. So I don't know. Yeah. They have someone that manages us and tells us, you know, if we could be doing more, if we could be making more. Um, but you know, you, it's, it's a competitive. You, if you're, if you're in the industry, you have friends that work at different companies, everyone's talking, we know what you're making. I know what you're making. Like, and you just kind of know, you know, so I feel like, you know what you're worth, you know what you should be paid. Um, and that's kind of how we manage that. Yeah. So do you see, um, you know, going forward over the next couple of years that, uh, these studios will kind of like ride out the storm and then there'll be a, a new fresh group of people that get exposed to a soul cycle, a cardio bar, uh, you know, club Pilates, or, um, do you think that naturally happens or you think there's gotta be some marketing campaigns, which I feel like studios are so boutique and like exclusive where they thought they right. were that, 
it's like the field of dreams. Like if you build it, they'll come and it's just going to be a matter of time before, you know, everyone resumes. Yeah. That way. Normal. And you know that like we didn't have to market specifically soul cycle speaking from experience. We didn't have to market soul cycle. There was buzz around it. People wanted to come. There were wait lists, you know, it, it was, it was a thing, but yeah, now that the world is different, we need marketing people. We like companies need marketing, you know, especially if yeah. you're not seeing the yeah. results that you want. That's huge. Yeah. So when you take a look at, you know, the, the digital space right now, if I'm a health club operator and I've got 20 locations and I've got 200 instructors, is there a reason not for me to put every instructor on my digital connected platform? I mean, 200 instructors, I feel like is a lot for, for a digital okay. platform. You know, I personally, I would start smaller, create buzz, have people have their favorite instructors as you add in different workouts, add, add in different instructors that are, that's their main, like, say you have someone that's a boxer, they come in, they're saying, I'm going to start a boxing uh, program for this digital platform. You know, you have someone that's doing strength or hit or bar or whatever, you know, like come in and start adding them in. But I think to flood, to flood it with 200 instructors right off the bat, I feel like the users are going to get a little overwhelmed. So, so, so in your, in your scenario, there's probably people that enter this club digitally that don't necessarily have a relationship with somebody that's teaching a group exercise class inside the club. I was thinking it from like, Hey, if you got 50 people to take a class with Pete, you know, at this workout, hopefully they'll also do it at home and almost like democratize instead of like, Hey, are you on the soul cycle digital platform? You know, you say yes or no. Why would, why would the answer be no? In your case, if you, have a history of like waitlisting classes pre-COVID. Right. So I, I guess I just want people to, I want you to tell people to get as many people on the platform as possible. Oh, yeah. because I mean, I agree with that. It's, I mean, but we've had the platform out for a long time and they're just rotating the same instructors. I mean, if it's, if we're strictly talking soul cycle and you have instructors that do really well in different markets and that bike is in all different markets, you should definitely be bringing in other instructors, new energy, new classes, new, you know, like, different vibes for sure. If we're just talking one specific workout. Yeah. So before we close out here, I want to ask you a couple of questions. You know, you've got, um, you've got influencer, you know, status. I don't even know what that means, but I don't know my Instagram password, but if I did know my password, I'd probably <laughs> having said that, I, how do you manage opportunities that come in? Is there certain metrics that are being used? I have X amount of followers. I have X amount of, you know, posts and people are, are asking you to promote their brand or you get a lot of just free stuff sent to you. And then how do you make decisions about like, Hey, this is who I am. And this is a natural extension and you're not going to show up, you know, with like a new, like Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, <laughs> oh, sharing that sounds size. Great. Uh, it sounds great. Whatever. You know, I, every time I buy them, I have no one to share with. So I just eat yeah, the whole thing. True. Facts. Terrible, terrible fact. Um, I have the amount of followers where I am just getting free product. So people will send me free product in the mail for an exchange for a story or a post. Um, But yeah, only if it feels authentic to me, will I be posting about it? You know, if like you said, it's something off the wall and people know, people know if it doesn't feel authentic, if it's not an extension of who you are, it shows, right? So it's not good for me. It's not Mm -hmm. good for them. So I just decide, hey, this is not a good fit. Um, thanks for the product. 
Yeah. And the last question is, you know, obviously you're in, in a normalized world, you're doing like two classes a day, you know, at soul cycle. How do, how do you, what's two that? Or three. It used or to be three. two or three. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I was there. I know. Um, Uber back and forth to class. It was weird. Heck yeah. It's like my third coffee of the day at Pete's. They're looking at me like, dude, what is this guy doing? Um, bouncing off the walls. Um, what do you do during the rest of the time that you maybe obviously you don't have a nine to five or you don't have to be at the desk. Like you've got a lot of autonomy. You've got a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, do you try and create a regimented schedule for yourself? Um, or like preparing for a class now probably doesn't take, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of work to be done, but it doesn't take as long as it used yeah. to. So how do you think about like your work life balance and also the fact doing three classes a day, you gotta be burning at least, you know, more calories. Than oh yeah, meat. for sure. Um, yeah, step. I mean, routine is definitely key, you know, um, I, when I first started teaching, it would take me like an hour and a half to prep for class for a playlist, to figure out the BPMs, the tempos, to figure out the vibe, to figure out the flow, like all the things. Now I can do it in like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's three classes a day, you're toast, man. So you got to be for yourself. Yeah. Uh, rest is so important to me. I'm someone who needs to like rest and recover so that I can come back. Um, I'm someone who, <laughs> who gets in the car, turns off my radio and needs like complete silence to like recharge my battery so that I can back to the oh, next nice. class, you yeah. know, and then doing stuff that's good for me, like beach walks and feeding myself with good nutrition, getting enough water, um, being with friends, you know, doing all those things. Those are all work-life balance, which is super important to me. Yeah. And last question on that. There are some instructors that all they do is coach and you've never been that type of instructor. Is that a choice that you actually could, could make? Or do you know that it would not be beneficial to the class if, if you were just, talking oh you mean uh i ride the bike and coach at the same time instead of being off the bike and coaching yeah um yeah sorry i should i should have described that the way you did i apologize i'm a novice i'm a novice (laughs) at describing the coaching versus riding no worries uh yeah you know i mean the soul cycle way is to ride and motivate at the same time there's only a handful of people that could i've only actually known one or two people that can be off the bike and still fill a room for every single class and motivate. But for me, I personally have, I feel like I have more energy off the bike. I can motivate and talk more and feel more and read the room more. Um, I'm a little bit more present instead of like being in my own body, which is also great. But um, yeah, we're not really taught to be off the bike. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, as I told Dave, I wrote two songs yesterday. I almost hurt myself. So I was checking my, my work release waiver on that. Um, and we're, uh, we're rebuilding the tribe, you know, the cult, the cult will yes, return. Sir. Yeah, so it was great. Our leader, our leader has to stay on the bike. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so let, last thing, you got any words of wisdoms or quotes? Obviously you got quotes in, in class and takeaways, uh, but anything that kind of, you know, motivates you or some, something that somebody said, or, you know, that, that keeps you. In your perseverance. I mean, something that I feel like I all like a message that I always come back to in class, out of class, is just like staying true to yourself and you'll always be successful. Awesome. All right. Well, you are our Hilo ambassador. <laughs> we'll send you some free stuff, I promise. <laughs> Heck yeah, I can't wait.